Looking for a casual baseball podcast to listen to? Well, Baseball with the Bard, presented by Clovercrest Media, has just what you're looking for. Tyler Bard and Noah Cross cover a wide range of happenings in the MLB and then dive into a deep focus on the Red Sox and Yankees. Join us every Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for your weekly dose of Baseball with the Bard. Welcome to Ivy League Murders. On this podcast, we focus on cases affiliated with the Ivy League, exploring the darker side of higher education. What happens when genius becomes evil? My name is Sarah Alcorn. I'm a Harvard graduate, and I've been a private investigator since 1999. Join me and longtime crime diva, Laura McDonald, for Ivy League Murders. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Throwing Jabs. I'm Jace Garcia, joined as always by my man Jared Jones and Joe Aguirre. We got a jam-packed show. We got a boxing sandwich, sandwich between two pieces of bread. That is the UFC. And let's start it off with that top piece as Brian Ortega dominates the Korean zombie Chan Sung Jung via unanimous decision. Now, first off, Jared, what did you think of that fight? Uh, like you said, dominant performance for Ortega. Um, I I thought this would be a tougher fight for him, but I thought the uh, the skill set was was gonna overtake it. I mean, Joe Joe made a passionate argument about the Korean Zombie and his uh, his emotions, you know. And after the show, I got to thinking boxing might be the only sport where you don't uh, just you know force your way through it because. People get hurt like that. You throw wider punches. You expend more energy. Um, but I was on the same thing. I mean, as many fights as I've seen and as knowledgeable as I am, I was like, this Korean zombie, when you can't hit a guy with another punch to get him out of there, and he's going to walk through everything you throw, he's a tough out. And Ortega looked good. This kid looked good. Yeah, look, I think Ortega looked great. Um off for two years, but he beats the Korean zombie convincingly, mind you. And now he gets a title shot, or he's a number one contender uh, against a, a guy who nearly put him out of the sport. I, I don't know if I understand quite how that works. Uh, Alex Volkanovsky's beaten Holloway twice, and Holloway destroyed Ortega. So I don't know if I want to see that fight again. I mean, he could move up and wait, but I don't think he stands any sort of chance uh, with the lightweights. So, I guess fight Holloway again, try not to get killed would be the game plan. Rocking <laughs> a hard place if you're Ortega. Where do you go from here? Everybody everybody ahead of you has beaten you thoroughly, and moving up, it's more bad news. I, I don't, I, great fight by Ortega. He looked amazing against yeah. the Korean yeah. zombie, but well, I don't know where he fair, goes next. That's, that's the only guy, though. Holloway beat him. He beat the zombie. He beat Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson, Clay Guida. He's uh, he's fifteen and one. So the only dude thing Holloway almost just, like Holloway almost killed him. His loss, yeah. And I don't, I don't think he can win that fight. But if you're, but if you're Ortega, that's the only fight I want. Listen, I want to avenge my losses, and I want to win titles. That should be the so two birds, one stone. That should be the only thing personally that he wants to do as a fan. I agree with you. The guy that got you devastated, the guy that devastated you, 
I'm not totally interested in seeing again. I don't give rematches to to people you you knock around like that. Yeah, for what? You can only lose. It's a lose lose situation for him. You get in there and you win. It's what you were supposed to do. You kicked the guy's ass last time. You get in there and you lose. So yeah, you don't you don't want to put another guy in a situation where he can't possibly lose. <laughs> I don't see Ortega beating Alexander the Great. I guess is my point. So, and and again, knowing that Alexander's beaten Holloway twice and that Holloway destroyed Ortega, what chance really does he have against Alex? I, I say a small one. Look well, great. I would too. Look great, but I, I think he I think he gets thoroughly beaten in that fight as well. So that's I, why I'm saying I, I don't, don't know, know where, where do you go. I, I love Ortega. Like he's the only guy like when as soon as he grabs a hold of a limb, you hold your breath and you're like, oh my god, because that's how devastating this guy is when it comes to submissions. And I, I think the past I think he strayed a little bit away from that in the hallway fight. And he knows, he knows he did that. But uh he he dominated, he got his he, he dominated on the feet against Korean Zombie, who's a great striker as well. I, I think he needed to take that time, uh do what get his mind right, get back focused. And I, I think this dude is the real deal. And you say he can't move up. I, I think he can. I think this is someone that might be very, very dangerous for someone that we're going to talk about later in Khabib. Like, no one can know oh, oh. This dude is so dangerous off his back. Jay's this coach is way from morning. here to, yeah, like, here. Buddy. Let's do it. Dude, and Volkanovsky, he talks about all of his wrestling and that stuff. You can't go to the floor with this guy. This guy, like, people know what he does when he grabs a limb, when he grabs your neck. You, you're done. And this is he's worth I'm keeping an it. eye on. This is I was thinking about this earlier. This is the Keith Thurman of the UFC. The one loss to a top of the line upper echelon guy, and that's it. And if he hadn't lost to this all-time grade, do you put him on some of the pound for pound lists? He's got that one loss, and yes, it was dominant, and yes, it stands out, but how far down can we knock him for that? I think it remains to be seen. And I'd, I'd like to see him fight the guy again just because it's his one loss. And, you know, inside of Ortega, man, you can't lose that fight. You can't. You can't lose a second fight to, fight to Holloway. You're right. You're right. Well, hey. you could, and it could be just <laughs> as bad as the first one, and then you'd be off for two more years. I, I, yeah. I mean, that's my – you know what? I, you lose your relevance me. at that point, though. I forget who's ranked third in this division, but nah, I can't. I don't have it off the top of my head. But the, whoever is third, I think, might be a good fight for Ortega. Again, dominate someone else, and then let's talk. That's where I'm at with with Ortega. Because uh, look, Jace, you're right. You look great. I love this guy. I think he's fantastic. But oh, I just third. my problem is I don't know that he's. Better than those guys. And and again, this is a great win for him. It's a great win. I'm excited about this win. As, as much as it hurt me to see Jung lose, I was glad for Ortega. What a great story this is. Two years out. And and here well, and he comes. This is a guy to, in recovery, too. 
dominated. I mean, Real dominated this fight. This this was this was a great win for him. So this isn't to take anything away from Ortega. My thought is, and the question was sort of posed, what's next? Yeah. And I, it, look, I'd love to see. I mean, he'd obviously have to, you know, bulk up a little bit. But you know, uh, him and Khabib, that could be fun. Assuming everybody does what they got to do over the next few months, sure. But I don't know if I want to see the Holloway fight again. And I don't, I, I don't know why Holloway would, would ever take that under any circumstances unless he becomes champion and Ortega somehow becomes the number one contender. Well, right now, yes. Holloway isn't really in the position to pick his opponents. He's on a three-fight skid here. The, you just got to take who the UFC gives you. And if the UFC wants to make this fight, they, they got to make it happen. And they would I'm sure he wouldn't have a problem with it. Stay relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a better fight than Joe does. Let's say that. Okay. All right. But uh, let's get into the big story from last weekend. Teofimo Lopez shocks the boxing world as he defeats the as he becomes the unified light heavyweight light ugh, lightweight champion as he defeats Vasily Lomachenko. Jared, what do you think of the fight? Was the decision right? And is does this call for a rematch um i'd love to see a rematch if i'm lopez's handlers i don't want to do it i think the judges got the right guy but some of them were i man i had it 115 113 so all of these judges had it further for uh for lopez and i did um that's that the 119 109 that 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 card i I don't understand what fight you were watching. I saw a close fight, and I think I think Loma wins the rematch. I think you saw um I think he outboxed the guy. I think he was the better boxer, and he just got beat by a bigger, stronger guy. And I also, I mean, I was saying the other day to your brother Joe, we've got Floyd Mayweather and we've got Loma, right? And you can't hate both of these guys. There's fans out there that want to hate on Floyd Mayweather for cherry picking his opponents and then hate on Loma for a 13 and two record. You can't have it both ways. If you want your champions out there undefeated at 50 and oh, they're going to be have to be careful with who they fight. That's how fights work in the UFC. You don't have a lot of undefeated guys running around because it doesn't work like that. When you fight the other best guys, any given night, one of those at the top of the line, one guy will beat another guy. <clears throat> Andre Ward, who commentated that fight, scored it a, uh, a draw. He saw it as dead even. I'm with Jared. I had it 115-113 for Lopez. Um, I Loma's uh, game plan was a bad one, um, which I think in some ways was to sort of let this young guy come in there, throw some punches, and then take over the second half of the fight. And he did that. I think we all just think he took too long to, to do it. He definitely didn't win the 12th round, and that ultimately cost him. But 119-109 uh, from Jewel Letterman, who's a good judge, was nonsensical. Uh, I, 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 for the life of me, don't see that. Rematch-wise, I know Loma wants it. Lopez definitely doesn't. I, I think you? the only way I think Loma could get this rematch is if he starts talking smack to Lopez Sr., 
And that's not the worst idea in the world. You want to make things happen. Right after the fight, he was talking about my guy, Josh Taylor, which I would would love to see that fight. Love to see a couple young guys kind of go banging at it. I think that'd be cool. Uh, He also talked about moving up to 147, looking at Bud Crawford, looking at Errol Spence Jr. He's a great talent, this kid. Uh, How about Shakur Stevenson or Devin Haney, maybe? A couple other young up-and-coming phenoms. Maybe maybe pair some of these guys off with with a with a chance to maybe get to Bud. Uh, I think that is certainly the plan. It, my other thing for for Lopez is you know his size over Lomachenko, it worked. I don't know moving up. I think he loses the power in favor of you know you know what I mean. I I, I don't know that that becomes as good a matchup because Bud Crawford won't let you get uh you know won't let you work him over like Loma did. Well, I, let me- I, I let me ask you a question. Let me ask you too, because I, I, I am hands down with my argument on this one. Better pound for pound boxer right now today, Loma or Lopez? Loma. Jace? Yeah. I, I, I mean, the guy we're we're going to talk about it. He just lost to the guy, but that was the better boxer all day. Listen, there's a reason they have weight classes every seven pounds. It's because of things like this, you know, where you, that the better boxer lost to the bigger guy. And I'm okay with that because Loma's just out there fighting the best guy every time. And all those other fights you talked about, I'd rather see him. You could rematch the bigger guy and maybe win. I still think it's a little bit of chess and checkers. No disrespect to Lopez. Um, Loma's kind of on another level. And when he got into the pocket there and started boxing with the guy, it's like, holy cow. How many weight classes could you move up and beat a mediocre guy? There are there are cruisers and light heavies out there that Loma would handle uh, that are that are mediocre boxers. But when you get to the top of the line like that and you try to jump up two, three weight classes on fight night, that's tough. Put it to like this, Jay. Spoiler alert. I know we're going to talk top five pound for pound in boxing. Uh, Lomachenko is still on my top five list. This This doesn't change it for me. He's All not right. at the top where he would have been, but he's he's still on my list. So, but, um, let's get into it real quick. Four, not for nothing, okay. Jared. Would you agree after that fight, watching the post-fight news conference, Lomachenko looked like he could have gone twelve more. He looked great. They, bo- they both did. So did well, Lopez yeah. is twenty-three. I expected, but dude, it's my for Lomachenko. For five. If you make that a five-round fight. If you make this a five-round fight, it's a totally different game plan. It's a totally different fight. You're not expecting the other guy to tire. You have to go in there and fight, and you're allowed to give a little bit more. We signed these for 12, and you're right. These guys set a pace. It's like a marathon. We don't want to see marathons. We want to see sprints. We're fighting. This is a fist fight. Sit here. I like the five-rounder. I think that's one. Five rounds. That's all you need. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you get it, you and you have that time to get it done. We do scrub scraps our, our three rounds. When I fight somebody else who's in shape, like it's tough to get it all out in those six minutes, but you try. <laughs> yeah, that's what we needed is these guys trying to get it all out in a shorter yeah. period of time. Because yep. you're right, if that had been a 30 round fight, 40 round fight, I, you, you know, you don't know how these guys train, man, that we would have been there all day waiting for one of them to say the other guy won. We might still be sitting here 
taking two guys out on stretchers before any their, their fighters. And they are in the top peak condition of anybody in the sport. And you're right. They had another 12 in them, both of them, for sure. You're right. Uh, let's get into the who who you got. We, we touched on it a little bit. Uh, with no boxing matches preview this weekend and a big fight shaking up the boxing world, who do you have as your top five pound for pound in boxing? Start off with you, Jared. Um. Well, I I I, I got a couple honorable mentions here. Go ahead. I got a I got a uh, future future pound for pound champion. This little twenty five pound piece here. <laughs> It's got to be pound for pound. I mean, 250 pounds, he's, you know, if he's fighting a heavyweight at a Wilder or something, you know, you got to take into account the the overall weight and, and density. And this kid, I mean, he's got weighty. Look at, look at those guns. Look at those guns. <laughs> so that's that's a future pound for pound break right there. <laughs> I got uh I got um, a couple guys that I think are just undefeated. They're not in my top five. Three guys, Jose Ramirez, Callum Smith, Tiafimo Lopez. They're just undefeated. If they make your top five, I'm not mad at you. Here's, here's some more. If they make your list, I'm not mad at you. The heavyweights, all three of the heavyweights, fine. They can make your list. I'm okay with that. Josh Taylor, Josh Warrington, and Ayu, the little guy. I don't know a lot about him, but with 16 knockouts and 19 fights, and your brother gave a sparkling uh, endorsement of this guy, Joe. Not only his 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 fight sense, but his character after he beat one of my favorite smaller guys, uh, Nonito Donaire. Um, Donaire had promised his kids in the Super 6 tournament that uh, he'd bring home the title and the uh, trophy and that the kids could stand with the trophy, take pictures with the trophy. So at the end of the fight in IU gave the trophy to uh to Donaire and said keep it as long as you want take pictures with your kids with it just get it back to me whenever so this guy's a class act in and out of the ring doesn't make my top 5 cuz i don't i don't know and like uh, to be honest he's a smaller guy i don't know enough about him haven't seen enough of his fights um i have your best eight arguments Pacquiao Crawford Triple G Spence Loma Baturbiev Usyk and Canelo and then my top five, I always give an honorable mention to my favorite female fighter, Katie Taylor, who I still think pound for pound is one of the baddest people on the planet. Um, number five, Canelo. Number four, Bud Crawford. Number three is Spence. Number two is Usyk. And my number one pound for pound fighter, I've been hollering his name forever, but nobody wants to fight him, Arthur Baturbiot. Wow, that is a solid list. Jeez, yeah. That is a solid list. All right. Uh, I guess I'll give you mine, I, and, and, and I'll do what you did, Jared. Uh, I'll go backwards, which is cool because I'm just going to say what it would have been last time I did this list because my five is now uh, was my one. Uh, Lomachenko, to me, is still a great fighter. So he, he stays in that list at number five. Uh, number four, I think a guy you mentioned, uh, Alexander Usyk. My number three guys, Errol Spence Jr. Hey. Number two, Canelo Alvarez. And my number one, it's gonna be pound for pound, 
Bud Crawford. It's got to be Bud. Yeah. Bud Crawford, baby. That's a solid list too. That's a good five. I'm I'm happy yeah. with that five. Yeah, uh, we we have the same top two, Joe. I'm gonna spoil it there. Canelo, Bud. But for number five, I have Tufimo Lopez. To be to be the man, you got to beat the man, and he just beat Lomachenko. And while it was a tough fight, he came out victorious. And, and Jared, you mentioned it earlier. He he was the bigger guy, but we're we're talking pound for pound here. And if you can't get over that the size differential, how does that 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 doesn't fight to pound for pound? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the name of it exactly. And then number four, Earl Spence Jr. Uh, this guy's great. This I, I I just need to see him against Bud Crawford. That fight needs to happen very very soon. Number three, I am a very big sizeist when it comes to combat sports, so I have the best heavyweight Tyson Fury at number three, and uh, then Love Canelo it. and Bud Crawford. Canelo Canelo, I have it too because he he did it. He went up to light heavyweight. He got that belt. That that like. He's in the top five regardless, but that really puts him over everyone else for me. Now let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the math because uh, box rec. I always talk about the ELO system. This is the best way to rank guys because they use math. Because it's it's a little bit like they taught you about STDs. Like everybody matters that you've been with, and then that they've been with, and then that they've been with. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. So that's <laughs> that's how they work out the math. So um, because Lopez doesn't have a lot of big names besides Loma, um, this hurt both of them when it come when it came to pound for pound rankings. I mean, Lopez obviously jumped up with the win over Loma, but Loma went down to twenty seventh. Beneath guys like Keith Thurman, uh, Sean Porter, because the quality of his wins and the quality of his losses is better than a Lomora Lopez, even with the losses. So I ca- um, right now, Porter's three losses in 12th on BoxRec, based on who he lost to, who they lost to, who he beat, and who they beat. <clears throat> and I ride with that ELO system. Personally, do I put Loma at 27th? No. But the argument for that is what I just said. He's a better pound-for-pound fighter than Lopez. All three of us just said that and watched him lose the fight. So when you lose that fight, math has a winner and a loser and just does the rest of the numbers. Whereas as fans, we can do the eye test and say, well, he was 15 pounds bigger, 20 pounds bigger on fight night and uh, got outboxed for nine out of the 12 rounds. The math doesn't have that luxury. I like your STD analogy, but this is a head scratcher <laughs> for me. I'll be honest, as opposed to uh, the other way around. Um, I understand pound Was for pound. Head scratcher supposed to be a pun. Yes, for sir. The, my man, the Joe. I've been hanging around with you too long, Jared oh, Jones. <laughs> <laughs> too long. It's rubbing off. Yes. <laughs> I listen. I love the Tyson right. Fury on your list. I think that's great. I, I guess my question would be: Where did you have Tiafomo Lopez before this fight? He wasn't. He yeah. wasn't on any list anywhere. He wasn't. He wasn't in anybody's top ten. Give me a break. I, I you you don't you don't win one fight. And and again, I mean, he won the fight. But like you said, Jared, if you would have told me it was seven five Lomachenko, I'd have been like, okay, yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. take it. 
We'll take it. I had no problem with the John Jones decision against Reyes. I wasn't sweating that one at all. You know, we got out of there with the win, and I was like, all right, Johnny, let's get out of here, buddy. Good job. Yeah, yeah. That's it. I mean, for me, look, he he beat a great champion. And and to me, he beat the number one pound-for-pound guy. And I still don't think pound-for-pound he's a better fighter. I don't. I would say this with the extra weight. You couldn't take him out. You couldn't drop Lomachenko. Seriously? That would have impressed me. That would have put you in my top five. Even but- when, and that was the thing, when 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 Loma decided, all right, I have it was round six and seven, I think, were the two that when I saw that card of 11 rounds to one, I was like, he, he won two rounds in a row, like, dominantly. He decided he had to let his hands go if he was going to give this guy a fight, and he started doing that. And that would have been the opportunity for for Lopez to land something. And even in those pockets, couldn't do enough. This would the uh, Jace keeps saying game plan, and that's what I think. This was mismanagement of a game plan, or jumping too high out of your weight class, and not necessarily a better fighter, especially pound for pound. You got to take those twenty pounds into consideration. You know, it's tough to say what an IU would do with with Tyson Fury <laughs> because about 200 pounds difference. I'd also like to point out that uh box rack that Jared was just alluding to has Floyd Mayweather as the greatest fighter of all time. So take everything that they say uh with a grain of salt because uh-huh. they're just kind of doing their own thing over there at box rack and bless their hearts. Well, and but name for name, you had you know what the Elo system comes from uh want to hear something really boring? Um, the ELO system comes from chess games because the chess masters, like one guy beat one guy and they'd have that rock, paper, scissors thing. Like we talk about in the heavyweight division. And, uh, how do you tell who's better? Cause I beat the guy who beat the guy who beat the guy. I, I'm friends with a lot of guys on uh, social media that are fighters. And, um, and there's a, there's an MMA guy that, that posted his, uh, a trail to be the UFC heavyweight champion. Because I beat a guy who 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 beat Stipe. So technically speaking, I'm probably the UFC heavyweight champion, <laughs> you know, and it happened in scrub scraps because the kid that beat me was three and five. I was talking about it. So all the kids with those five, those five, lo- those five wins over him were turning around and going, wait a minute. So I kind of have a win over you, too. Not how it works. And we needed math to figure that out, and we used it for chess. That's actually what they use. Loma had been a chess player and had lost, and you're not 20 pounds bigger in a chess match isn't going to matter at all. So there's a lot of differences that this can't account for, and that's what's going on with you, Joe, is you're accounting for that extra, that jump up in weight. You're accounting for him fighting world champions every trip out. You're accounting for the eye test and not necessarily who he beat, who they beat, and whether or not he has hepatitis. <laughs> also, you bring up the ELO system and how it's math. I want to know. I don't know. The scorecards have to have something to do with that math, right? No. They don't? No, no. They, so, they, so they have oh like hundredths of a percent for knockout for like a dominant performance a la a knockout. This wouldn't be considered a dominant performance. It's just a win. Sadler beat Willie Pep three times. Pep's still considered the greatest featherweight of all time. 
he was bigger. He beat Pat, but no one, no one ever says Sadler was was the greatest of all time. You you well, you see what you. The bottom line is you see what you see, though. You can give me all the math in the world, and they can they can they can do scoring down to a science if they really wanted to. They could do on they can go on a complete grading system, punch for punch, if they really wanted to. There's ways to do that. Baseball, my my first love's been overtaken by the math department, the analytics game. <laughs> yep. And I always say, look, I, I get the sports are revolutionizing and, and 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 we have more information, and so we should be able to figure these things out. But at the end of the day, the eye test to me, there there's gotta be you gotta factor the eye test into any math, any math chart when it comes to trying to apply math to human beings to a to a to an event that has no no official scoring it's two human beings of different sizes different heights different reaches from different parts of the country speaking different languages different fighting styles and i'm going to just get a straight up 10 9 that's it that's my scoring uh, it, that guy got it but there, there's look i'm just there's there's more to figuring out scoring there's more to figuring out pound for pound there's a lot that goes into this, but you can't ignore the eye test. The the, the ELO can't can't account for the eye test, and it can't account for weight. Um, but the reason I stand by it so firmly is the garbage we get when human beings do it without the math, when they're left to their own. Uh, look up the the top ten rankings of any of these alphabet BS shanks sanctioning bodies. Look them. Look up the top ten and tell me you know all ten guys. It's they're they're they It's ridiculous what happens when you leave it up to human beings to decide who's better than who. So I'll take the one objective one we have. Even though personally, I'm going to tell you, as Loma, as Loma, if you could cut one pound out of every one pound of Loma and put it up against one pound of any of these other guys, I'm taking it pound for pound. He's still in my top 10. I didn't put him on my top five, but I've got him in my Z27. No. Is that how the math works out? Absolutely. And I'm okay with the math. Keep fighting world champions. Keep getting W's. He'll, he'll keep climbing up that list and accumulating points based on who those other guys are. The next time he, if he gets that rematch with Lopez, he, that turns into a quality win because they beat each other. Fair enough. All of a sudden, they both got quality wins. He's up to 12-13, and he's still fighting world champions. So I'll take the math, not because I love it, not over the eye test, and it doesn't account for weight, but I'll take it because the options we have are trying to tell us that, you know, some 14-0 kid who never fought anybody with a winning record is number five on the WBO. Like, I can't, I can't with them. So I'll take the math while I agree with everything you said. Also, the math doesn't take into account the fact that Lomachenko had a so shoulder injury throughout that fight. So, there you go. Where, where, what's the equation on that? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's get down to business. Talk about the fights tonight. Not even tonight. This afternoon, live UFC 245 from Fight Island. Main card starts 2 p.m. Eastern time. That's awesome. Midday fights, I'm always down for that. But let's start off talking about the co-main event, 
Robert the Reaper Whitaker takes on Jared Cannonier with with this is a middleweight bout with title implications on the line. What do you think, Jared? What do you think of this fight? I Cannonier strong. But uh but I think Whitaker's got the skill set here. I'm taking Whitaker Whitaker all day. I think the strength is all that Cannonier's going to have. Okay. Jared and I spent a lot of time talking about this fight and uh while we were doing it I was watching uh some of Jared Cannonier's fights and I went from being certain Cannonier would win to not being certain Cannonier would win. I love Robert Whitaker. Uh he's he's a warrior. He is just one of those guys that stands and will throw hands until it's time to go home. Uh, Cannonier knocked out Jack Hermans in his last fight. Uh, I, I wasn't honestly overly impressed. From what I saw, you know, Hermanson really manhandled Cannonier around that ring, brought him to the ground. Uh, and when Cannonier was on the ground, he was next to useless. So uh, not that that's going to factor into this fight because these guys are going to throw hands. My concern is that Whitaker only has nine knockouts in his 22 wins. Cannoneers knocked out uh, nine of the 13 wins. My initial thought was Cannoneer, I think I said in the TKO, Jared, by the fourth round, uh, and then he can go and lose to Israel Adesanya. But the more I think about it, um, after careful thought and much consideration, I'm going to change that, and I think that uh, Whitaker wins this one in a decision. All right. I, I like that. I like that. I, I agree with that. I think it's gonna Whitaker, be a banger, though. Yes, sir. Uh, Kenanier obviously has the power. He's got that explosiveness. Uh, Whitaker. The the thing with Whitaker is is if you can go ten rounds with Yo Romero and win and survive, the, the that that's an accomplishment no one can do. No one else can do. No one else can put that under their belt. And and Whitaker has done that. He. he He's fought. He's done what he has to do. Ken Near, while it would be great to see someone new face off against Sal Bender for the middleweight title, it's not going to happen. I think Whitaker wins this fight and goes after, uh, gets that rematch with Adesanya and tries to take his belt back. Um, that I'm said, with, uh, what chance do you think he has against Adesanya? Yeah, I'm rematch? with you with like Ortega Holloway. It's uh, like you felt about Ortega Holloway. That's how I feel about this. For what? Adesanya. I mean, that's that, it feels like a no-brainer. Uh, neither one of these guys is going to beat Adesanya. These are these are your your Oturo Gattis, and he's your Floyd Mayweather. They those you got nine losses, four five, five losses and four losses. You're not going to go up and I Adesanya is a monster, man. For the record, Adesanya <laughs> wants Cannoneer. Yeah. But he's just as open to whooping Whitaker's ass again, he said. So he's happy with either option. Yeah. 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 Good guy. I, I do think <laughs> that Cannoneer might be more dangerous for Adesanya, but it but it doesn't really matter. It, it doesn't matter. But now let's get to the, the real meme potatoes of tonight. The US who they're fighting for the undisputed UFC lightweight champion. Champion Khabib 
Nurmagomedov versus interim champ Justin Gaethje. What what are your thoughts, Jared? Uh, this is the quintessential root versus bet for me. Um, I picked up on Gagey. I think it was his third or fourth fight. I guess uh, eight plus years ago, my wife and I first started dating. I saw him fight. I said, that's got to be one of the best guys not in the UFC. And after his fifth, sixth, seventh fight, I was convinced. I was telling everybody who would listen that this just a Gagey kid down in the uh, not in any league you would have heard of was the passing my eye test thoroughly. Um, and he's done everything to say that I was right at the time. He was the best guy, not in the UFC. I don't think anybody would argue that eight years ago, that guy was Justin Gagey at this point today. Um, that being said, I was thinking this guy's like a beast, like your regular beast. Like when you think beast, you think lion or, or gorilla or, you know, a big animal beast, you think. You don't think like four, 500 pound boa constrictor. And when I say Namagomenov is a beast, that's the kind of beast I'm talking about. And, and this thing will crawl up around you and soak up who you, and, and, and just, you, it's wrap it up. Um, so I am going to be pulling for Gagey as hard as I possibly can <laughs> Do I think he can win this fight? No, I don't think he's got the skill set in the other areas, especially on the ground. He's a, he's he's about the fan friendliest fighter in the world. He wants to stand there and bang each other up. The guy said in an interview once, I know guys who fight like me don't have long careers. So I'm not planning on doing this forever. You know, he's he's not taking the smartest approach to this. But as a fan, you got to love it. You gotta love Justin Gagey. I did like him a lot up until April of 2018 when he lost when he lost to Dustin Poirier, and then I suddenly thought, ah, Poirier, that's my guy, and uh, he got he got the shot of Khabib and everything. It didn't didn't go so well. Um, so so maybe maybe he got lucky then. Maybe that's what he needed to get where he needed to be today where I do think he's got a good chance in this fight. He has said that he's going to keep Khabib in the middle. If they go to the ground, he's going to try to keep it in the center. Wishful thinking, no doubt, but at least oh, yeah. he's got a good game plan going yeah, in. Yeah, me too. That's, yeah. That's what, I would that's what I'm going to do when I fight Khabib. <laughs> uh, Khabib, for the record, says his game Everybody's plan is... Everybody's got a plan until they get pointed in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for the record... Uh, Khabib did say his fight plan is the same uh, as always. And really, there's no reason why he could change that. Uh, Gaethje was a Division three wrestler. He's very comfortable on the ground. But I know he likes, as you were talking about, uh, he wants to be the world's most entertaining fighter. And uh, if he wants to win, he won't be standing up. I wouldn't worry about being entertaining as much as I would worry about getting choked out in the second round. Yeah, which is the, <laughs> the way I see this one going. Yeah, I think he'll look. I, I I said this to Jared too. I look at the Conor McGregor Khabib fight as like sort of the blueprint to what his fights are, where you come out and 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 he'll give you the center of the ring and you throw a couple of punches, you know, and he'll take them. 
and you start to feel like, oh yeah, no, I got this. And then you're on the ground up against the fence and you're holding, <laughs> you're holding up your weight and his weight. And then he's like, okay, let's lay down now. And now you're on the ground. And then the next thing you know, he's wrapped around your throat and the fight's over. And I, I can't see how this is going to go any other way. I mean, you know, Khabib's talking about fighting for two more years and going home and that's it. And I, I just, he's so focused. He's so good. How is he going to lose this I, fight? I'll, no. Yep. Well, and hey, let me uh, put it put it to where you, because this fight, um, you were talking about Hermanson and Cannoneer. That's what this, this that's, if Gagey wins this fight, that's what it's going to look like. Because Hermanson was throwing Cannoneer all around and then got clipped with something. Another thing just for ha-has that ELO and our math system can't account for is when a guy gets thoroughly dominated and then just lands one punch and becomes the better guy that day like Cannoneer did with Hermanson. And like Gagey may do with Nurmagomedov. That being said, I don't see it happening. If you're putting money on this fight, put it on the 400-pound boa constrictor. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys. Uh, Khabib's going to win this fight, but Gaethje does. I, I think Gaethje does match up well. I don't think it's going to be as dominant. He, you mentioned Joe; he's a Division Three wrestler, Division Three All American, and uh, Gaethje's also like he's wild when he gets punched or anything. When he is in his stand-up, he's always coming forward. And Khabib is going to need to make some space to set up a shot. So I think that might help him. But the one thing with Khabib is that Dagestani wrestling background, it's not the same as traditional American wrestling. It's the setups, the the shots and reshots. Like I think Gaethje is going to get be fine defending the first takedown, defending the second takedown. Then once you get third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, that's where Khabib's going to take control. But uh, I, 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 I'm really interested to see how Justin Gaethje can put the pressure on Khabib, and because Khabib doesn't really get hit all that much, doesn't get hit with a, a couple big shots here and there. But after those big shots, he, they're not really, they don't got that much heat on them because he's been smothering the person the whole time. And then he decides, hey, I'm going to try playing a little bit with my my food here. But uh, I think Gaethje can you. bring <laughs> – You're doing good. Look at you. So yeah. big. So L- big. Look at that knockdown good. with Connor. Look at that knockdown against yeah. Connor. And uh, so, yeah, uh, this is Khabib's to lose. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Gaethje can find a way to get it done. But it's just completely improbable. And, uh, yeah. It's so, I'll put it to you like this. If, if Gaethje can, can stay focused and maintain, he can last longer in this fight. The, 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 more he, the more he doesn't do anything too wild and crazy, and he should wrestle if the opportunity comes up. Again, I think the idea of him trying to be the most entertaining fighter, we, we've joked about other people on this show, like uh, Paulo Costa, you know, who, who doesn't want to use his Brazilian jiu-jitsu when you're standing in a ring with a kickboxing. Like, what are you, an idiot? So 
So if, if Gaethje finds himself in a situation where he could take Khabib down, he should go for that. And he should try to wrestle a little bit. Because I'll tell you what, I, I can't imagine Khabib is nothing but 100% focused on this fight. Again, he doesn't see many more in his career. Uh, any any sort of mistake by Gaethje? Bye. Thanks for coming. This guy, if you haven't seen it yet, look it up. This guy fought bears as little kids. Yes. Bears. <laughs> and he beat the bears. I don't know if you know yeah. that or not. Nobody <laughs> really follows up on that story. Two bears tapped. <laughs> also, Khabib is someone like he trains <laughs> with uh, yeah. trains with DC. He trains with Luke Rockhold, and and they will say he's never lost a round in the gym against oh, yeah. the double champ DC and former middleweight champ Luke Rockhold. He's competing with these guys, which uh, I mean. It says a lot about him, and I expect it, it to just go his way. This Would week. you say anybody watching right now is like, so definitely not Gaethje for my bet tonight? Is that what you guys are? <laughs> that you guys be telling me? Am I hearing yeah. no on Gaethje? Okay. And it's and it literally one of my favorite fighters in the world. And I know if you're betting money, eh, yeah, the good money's on the Magomedov. You're right. And um, one last point I'd like to make. Typically speaking, when I say somebody's got it in the bag, as I've done a few times in the last couple shows, they tend not to. Yeah. So <laughs> if you need if you need some incentive and you want to take a shot. I am saying Khabib definitely's got this one. So do Matt what you Mary will with that info. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, last week you brought like emotions into it, how like Brian Ortega slapped Korean Zombies friend, and how Jay Park, uh, yeah, and then how Lomachenko, Loma, uh, Lopez's dad came up to Lomachenko and said, "The handshake that never happened, yeah. handshake so, gate." At least this time you're leaving it all in the cage. So. That's what it's all about this week. <laughs> this is just about this is just about throwing hands this week. This is about this is about imposing your will on another man. That's what this one is. That's what this is going to come down to. Does does Justin Gaethje have what it takes to not let Khabib just take over like he always does at some point and put him away? If he can survive that, he's a better man than anyone else I've ever seen. That's what that's what the that's the mountain he's got to climb today, though. Yeah, and I mean, last week we all picked Loma. But we saw how that played out. So who knows? Maybe we, maybe Gaethje can uh, rekindle some something of here. Maybe. <laughs> I hope so. But uh, that's gonna do it for maybe fights. Should for start team. picking against the Giants too, Jace. Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> all right. Whatever. All right, that's gonna do it for fights this weekend. Jared, gonna end the show like we always do, and hit us with that flurry. Scrub Scraps, uh, top two supporters inside the boxing game thus far have been Jason Conception and Mark Langlis. Jason Conception is the treasurer for USA Boxing. And uh, Mark Langlis is a detective. He's the uh, Connecticut detective administrator for boxing and MMA for the Public Safety Department. 
So um, big wigs in boxing. But uh, when I first shut the program down, I had this idea that that I had this great thing and anybody who heard about it and anybody who saw it was just going to jump right on board because of how great it was. Uh, that didn't really happen. Um, I had to really hone my pitch in and get better at what I was doing that I didn't think needed any work at all. When I first talked to Mark Langless, I'm pretty sure he wanted to arrest me. Um, he wanted to know where I'd been running this illegal fight club for the past 14 years, how I'd been under the radar, wanted me to know he had a stay of execution, that he didn't need a warrant and could come shut down the fight club and arrest any, everybody and anybody, um, and was upset when we hung up the phone, I'm sure. And I said to him, I understand you have no reason to believe me, but I'm not going to move this program forward without you on board. And he said, you're right. I have no reason to believe that. And he was upset and we hung up the phone and I'm pretty sure he wanted to arrest me. Um, later that month, I met with Jason Conception. I said, I have a boxing program I want to talk to you about. Um, he had me to the Willie Pep Invitational, had a blast, went there with my wife. And uh, he sat down and talked to me, looked over some of the paperwork, told me I was running a smoker. That's a, a uh, dated term for an illegal fight club from back in the day because cigarettes were allowed and they'd get real smoky in there. And uh, so you'd call those illegal underground fights smokers. So he told me I was running a smoker and that if I wanted to um, run a boxing program that I would have to follow the USA boxing standards and there wasn't another way around it. And when I said, well, my program's not like that, it's uh, softer and there's more safety standards, he told me you can't play boxing. Um, I met with probably 100 other people and honed my pitch. And that's kind of what this is about. Whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you believe in, um, sometimes you believe in it so much that your emotions get the best of you. And you're not able to make a solid argument. And that's what I was doing. Because I started this by telling you those two guys were, were some of my biggest supporters when it comes to scrub scraps inside the boxing game. Um, Jason Conception, after the third or fourth time we talked, went from you can't play boxing to, to um, helping me write the letter to USA Boxing, of which he's the treasurer, to signing off on the program. To, and and I mean, several other things. This guy is really, he, he got it. At some point, I gave it to him in a digestible manner so that he could get it. Um, and the last thing Mark Langlis said to me uh, when I told him I'd gotten the exemption from USA Boxing, he said, I, I honestly believe that it's criminal for anybody to stand against this thing. The guy that wanted to arrest me for running the program the first time we met said that the criminals are the people standing in our way the last time we met. And it had everything to do with, with um, my, and Dizzle was a big hand in this, Chris Moscone developing that pitch, putting it in a, in a digestible manner. I remember there was a day I said, Dizzle, I can't do it. I can't wrap this up in a way that these, these people are too hardcore and they're never going to be able to get it. 
They're just never going to get it. And he told me, uh, well, you're the Michael Jordan of this. If there's somebody we're sending in to pitch a boxing program, it's you. You're the Tom Brady of alternative treatment-based boxing programs. So if you can't do it, it can't be done. Um, and I went back in and reworked the whole pitch and literally brought people from you can't play boxing to like, well, let's try to play boxing because this is a great idea. And from I'd like to place you under arrest right now to I'd like to arrest anyone who tries to stand in the way of this thing. Um, complete 360 from both of those guys. Jason Conception, Mark Langless, thank you for all of your help. And uh, everybody waiting on Scrub Scraps, we're on our way, man. And we'll, and we'll, and we'll be there soon. We're on our way. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, we, we give you the floor here at the end because you are like Michael Jordan or whatever, uh, like of this. Like you, you speak from your heart and you sell it. I mean, appreciate that. It's uh, it is such a great program, and I and I do know uh, uh, Jason Concepcion, who's a who's an excellent guy, and I know he's been really instrumental. I didn't know the story about Mark. Tell you the truth, I didn't even realize that. I don't remember you ever telling me that part of the story. It's fascinating, but you know what? When you have a good idea, Jared, and you have something special that's proven uh, to change people's lives. I could see the 360 turn. I think the first time you talked to me about scrub scraps and he start Jace, he starts telling me about hugging the bears. And I was like, cuddling bear, what are you talking about? And he was like, <laughs> Can I sit down? I want to pitch this to you. I think you could be somebody in the media who could help me get this out there. And now Jared's also in the media. That's how amazing he is. Um, from the, the second I saw what he was doing, uh, you know. And and I've done interviews with uh, a lot of the people associated with Scrub Scraps, and, and as I've said before, Jace, never never a dry eye when I'm finished with those interviews, man. Uh, it, it's it's a life changing program. It's a great program, and I'll put it to you like this, you know. And, and he mentions lots of people's nicknames, uh, like Little Chris, and 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 he's he's got a million of them. Ask any one of those guys about Jared Jones. Any one of those guys would go to war for that dude right there any day, any time. And it tells you the kind of person who's running this amazing program and his amazing, beautiful family, everybody involved in that. Family. I mean, they're, they're all so involved in this. It's an amazing organization. And as Jared mentioned, we're about to relaunch this thing uh, to where it should and, and, and really needs to be. And and when it does, everybody will understand exactly what this dude's been up to. Hell yeah. Appreciate and, uh, you, man. Yeah, Jerry will always have the flurry to keep everyone in touch. There's a line in uh um Goodwill Hunting. One of my favorite movies. Uh and the guy says like he's really smart and he's 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 really talented and he's I think he said, hanging out with a bunch of stupid gorillas. And Robin Williams says, well, loyalty is more important than him, to him than smarts. 
And any one of those stupid gorillas would take a bat to your head in a second if he asked him to. It's about loyalty. Not to say anything about the intelligence, any of those people. But uh, you're right, man. That's what it's all about. And I love those guys. And they love me. And I, I thank you guys for being a part of it. I mean, it's going to be a wild ride, man. Hang on. How you like them apples? <laughs> My man. Bravo. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well done. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, just a reminder that this podcast, Throwing Jabs, is brought to you by Clovercrest Media. Come join the CMG podcast family if you're interested in starting your own podcast. If not, make sure you go to clovercrestmedia.com. Check out one of the over 30 podcasts that there are there. So thank you for watching. Thank you, Jared and Joe, for joining me. Enjoy the fights this weekend, and we will see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event.